1: LHS is a podcast about Linux, open source, and amateur radio for everyone. Now here are your hosts Russ, k 52 ux Cheryl, W5MOO, and Bill, NE4RD.
2: Well, hello everybody and welcome. You have tuned in to episode number 312 of Linux in the Hamshack. This is our Weekender Edition. Where we talk about upcoming contests, upcoming special event stations, open source events coming up, things that you can do, things that you can try. And then we get into liquor and music and food and all the good things in life. And to help us do all that, we have the usual cast of characters. I'm Russ K5TUX.
0: I'm Cheryl w 5 mo And I'm Bill in 4rd
2: So we're going to start off by telling you about some of the contests in amateur radio that are coming up and it's kind of uh there's kind of slow time right now there's a few like quick sprints that are coming up which you can of course google for but there is um this sort of well-known contest coming up and uh bill can outline uh what we have here for you
3: yeah i looked at the next two weeks here and it's a uh, it's pretty slim for the weekend so that must mean uh Everybody has their bands back, and they can stop complaining. <laughs> but um, this weekend is a, is a big one, of course. This is a CQ Worldwide DX Contest. This is the CW edition, and it runs from 0 Zulu uh, November 23rd through 2400 Zulu November 24th. It's uh, uh, 80 through 10. I thought it was 160 through 10, but it might be 80 through 10. Um, mode is uh, CW, and uh, you work stations once per band, and the exchange is simple. It's RST and your CQ zone number. So, uh, real easy to get in on and, uh, try out the dits and dahs and, uh, and find your favorite CW Ops person. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Next weekend is, uh, the only contest over the weekend I could find on the calendar was the Russian worldwide Multi Mode contest. And it runs from 1200 Zulu, November 30th to 1159 Zulu, December 1st. And its bands are 160 through 10. Of course, no work. And the modes are CW, single sideband, RIDI, and BPSK63. Uh, you're allowed to work stations once per band per mode. And if the exchanges, if you're uh, in the uh, Ural or Asiatic area or whatever, uh, it's the RST plus your two-character oblast. And if you're non, like us, you would be uh, your RST plus your QSO number. So just a serial number will work fine for that, uh, that contest. And uh, yeah, I don't really see much else, uh, you know, popping up on the old calendar. I know, uh, I know, the ten meter contest is coming in the weekend after that. It's always a pretty popular one, and since ten's been kind of showing a little bit of life lately here, uh, we might be able to, uh,
2: might be able to be on that one. All right, very good. I've, I've done a little bit of ten meter and fifteen meter FT8 work here lately, so the band does open up a little bit now and again uh moving on from that we've got some amateur radio special events coming up where we're getting into early december so there's a whole bunch of them related to pearl harbor so keep that in mind uh but we also have uh the first pilgrim landing at plymouth massachusetts the call sign of this one's going to be november india one x-ray this is running from november 30th through december 1st 1300 zulu to 1700 zulu uh out of plymouth massachusetts as Should be, you know, that's appropriate. And uh, suggested frequencies that they might be operating on are 18.160, 14.260, 7.260, and 3.860. There will be a certificate available. And uh, times are daily, 1300 Zulu, 1700 Zulu, as stated. And they're also going to be operating on Echolink, WA1NPO-R, and IRLP node 8691. So it should be super easy to make a contact with NI-1X. Uh, on December 1st through December 8th, 1,300 Zulu to 2,200 Zulu each day, there's a special event station, Whiskey 2 Whiskey. And again, this is one of those Pearl Harbor Day commemorations. There's lots of them. This is just one. Uh, this is from the Amateur Radio Club of the National Electronics Museum, Arknem. uh There's a certificate and QSL available. And the Pearl Harbor special event station, Whiskey 2 Whiskey, can will be found... Uh, are on or about 14.241, 14.041, 7.241, and 7.041, um, they will operate in commemoration of the anniversary of Pearl Harbor Day and the role of electronics in World War II. Primary operation will be December 6th through 8th, with additional possible operation through uh, from December 1st through December 5th, as operator availability permits. Uh, they will possibly also be operating on 80-meter, 3.541, 3.841, and digital modes during the event, if possible. Links to information will be in the show notes. And there's also a 125-year commemoration of Ripley's Crookedest Street, Snake Alley, uh, out of Burlington, Iowa. The Iowa Radio Sports Society will be holding this special event. The call sign is Whiskey Zero Foxtrot Uniform November W0Fun. They'll be operating on or about 14.240, 14.059, 7.220, and 7.059. So check that out if you want commemoration from that. And there's also the 80th anniversary of the Sikorsky VS-300 helicopter. This will be operating for quite a while. Uh, All day, every day, from December 7th through December 15th. Uh, Call sign is Kilo 1 Sierra out of Stratford, Connecticut, uh, the Stratford Amateur Radio Club. We'll be operating on or about 18-150, 14-240, 7-230, and 3.925. They will have a commemorative QSL card for that special event as well. So if you want to try any of these, information will, of course, be in the show notes. And we don't have any announcements, or at least I don't have any announcements for this episode. Does anybody else have any announcements for this episode? I'm guessing no. No. No? Okay. Bill's think,
0: eating, so. Really.
2: Yeah, Bill went away. So he has no announcements either (laughs) Uh, until he comes back with jalapeno mouth yeah, or something. (laughs) All right. So we also have our Linux in the Ham Shack ham radio challenge for this fortnight. And I put in there, make some simplex VHF and UHF contacts not using FM if possible. Now, for me, that is actually impossible because all the VHF and UHF equipment I have is FM only. Um, so if that's the case, just make some simplex VHF and UHF contacts. And if you can operate outside of FM, like AM or single sideband, you should try to do that too. Or even like total craziness, some two meters CW. That would be- <laughs> well, you, you do have six meters, right? So you could do VHF. <laughs> well, I don't have six meters yet.
3: Oh, okay. Okay. So
2: that's yeah. all mode. I'm sure. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, it's your radio. It's a DX70.
3: Oh yeah, they're rock solid.
2: Yeah. Uh, so yeah, when that comes, I could definitely work some six meter CW with like nobody, because
1: <laughs> anybody doesn't really they're do all F D eight now mainly. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you can go right. C
3: W for the multipliers. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. I haven't even seen, uh, like, an all-mode 2-meter radio in, like, forever. So Yeah, I don't have one here on my desk, I swear. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you probably have one,
2: though. Yeah, I do.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and, a, and a 70-centimeter all-mode. <laughs> Which one? Uh, the twin. I got the A fifty one and a 751. The TR, Kenwood TR-751, TR-851As. Oh, very cool.
2: Yeah, you know, like I said, I haven't seen an all-mode VHF radio or UHF radio in some time. <laughs> so.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they have them in those shack-in-a-box radios like the 7100 and stuff like that. Um, they had 991A and all that good stuff. But, yeah, they haven't had a good standalone one for for a while, at least not affordable. <laughs> Right, <laughs> you buy ninety seven hundred. You know, <laughs> no, that's you know.
2: okay. I'm I'm good. Was
3: that like two grand.
2: <laughs> that's less than two now, isn't it? I think it's like yeah. Six, still, six, still six, a little outside of my budget, but yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: I have to burn my other ones first. <laughs> Prove that they don't work by torching them on fire. <laughs>
2: <laughs> make sure you put it on youtube and then <laughs> so yeah, we yeah. does it blend let's see <laughs> oh, no i guess it doesn't does, will it survive a wood work. chipper let's find out <laughs> 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 all right so moving on from amateur radio we're going to talk about some stuff going on in open source and we have a linux distribution to try and the one that i have selected for this fortnight is mx linux which is a desktop oriented Linux distribution based on Debian stable branch. And it's a cooperative, cooperative, cooperative <laughs> venture between the Antics and former Mepis Linux communities using S- XFCE as the default desktop. It's a mid-weight operating system designed to combine an elegant and efficient desktop with simple configuration, high stability, solid performance, and a medium-sized footprint. And I'm looking down the list of, all the stuff they talk about on their website about this. Um, They're up to the 4.19 kernel. 32 and 64-bit versions are available, UEFI installers included. Uh, Built-in bug manager, lots of default applications, including VLC for video, Clementine for music, Thunderbird for email, LibreOffice, passwords and keys for security, XFCE4 terminal for terminal emulation, uh what else we got here common tools blah 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 who cares about that package installer they have their own package installer mx
3: 419
2: is old is not it Jeez. oh yeah it's super old they're into five now well into five yeah I'm, uh, I'm five, it's three, based eight, on yeah. stable though so it's oh be, okay that's why yeah yeah uh they have their own package installer they've got one click extras with their package installer um for pulling stuff like image magic inkscape docky mocha pigeon google earth new, new cache and all that kind of stuff open shot things that people use and they also support live usb so you can boot and run off usb there you go sweet so give mx linux a try if you want to try an elegant xfce based distribution that's medium heavy
3: <laughs> yeah i almost thought that was the uh that multimedia distribution but i guess that's something else isn't it I like guess KX, so.
2: They KX don't X say they're X? specifically multimedia related, so.
3: Oh, KX Studio. That's why I was thinking of. <laughs> uh, the X, was like, yeah. oh. It's like, oh, it's not that distribution. No, not that.
2: <laughs> it's it's like the top. It's the top one on DistroWatch right now. So. Oh, uh, okay. For whatever that words is worth, but anyway. Yeah. Um. Well, I threw a couple of open source events in here. Uh, literally just cut and pasted them. So <laughs> hopefully get through some of these um there's only two uh the first one is one we have mentioned a couple of times before which is kubecon and cloud native con it's finally here Jeez. <laughs> um it's uh cloud native computing's foundation flagship conference gathering adopters and technologists from leading open source and cloud native communities uh join kubernetes prometheus open tracing blah 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 lots of acronyms uh, as they gather for four days to further the education advancement of cloud native computing Like of course, will be in the show notes, it's although right now it's yeah, literally right now. So if you're not there, day. you're not going <laughs> <laughs> you're late, but you're we late have, we have there. mentioned this for like the last two um, weekenders. So you, you should have known. <laughs> Uh but also coming up, like after this release gets released, uh, we have Node.js interactive and that's going to be from the 11th through the 12th of December in Montreal, a province of Quebec, and uh, there,
3: yeah.
2: <laughs> I'm not going to top up that much. Uh, and no <laughs> JS interactive <laughs> attendees, speakers, <laughs> and sponsors will collaborate, <laughs> network, and learn from each other as they share their experiences during IoT, serverless, cloud-native, and progressive web apps, are deploying, I said a different word, anyway, and much more. Attendees will benefit from face-to-face interaction discussing a variety of important topics like accessibility and internationalization, I-18N. Additional (laughs) details about the conference are available at the link that will be provided in the show notes. So,
3: if you want to... This must be the one my friend's going to. That's it. They've been they've been studying their French to go to Montreal, and I'm like, it's not far enough north to worry too much about it. <laughs> yeah, they, they all know English. So, <laughs> what is that like? Uh, Ten minutes out of Detroit or something like that?
2: <laughs> no, it's a bit further than that. Oh, it's, it's okay. actually it's actually above uh, New York, not. Oh, not okay. Michigan, so. Which one's the one right by Detroit? That's, right? that's Ottawa, and that's, oh, Ottawa. Oh, yeah, okay. Ottawa's in the English-speaking part of Canada. So, <laughs>
3: uh, see, I don't even know my Canadian the geography. All I
2: know is it's like northern Montana. <laughs> I, I used to live on the canadian border so i know a bit about it uh a different part than you know about and that jim knows about you guys know about the western part yeah all right and finally before we get to the really good stuff we have the linux and the hamshack open source challenge and i threw in here experiment with an alternate text editor or terminal client just to see what's out there and what's different so there you go this only came up because of Gene and his uh, character, his, uh, yeah, UTF-8, UTF-16 character issue thing. Ah, yes, yes, so, yes, 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 Anyway, so, I don't know, he did reply try- to us on, didn't he? He, he? he did reply to us, but we do feedback on a different show. Absolutely. We won't talk about it now. We won't that talk about it not be mentioned. <laughs> The topic that shall not be mentioned for at least eight months at a time. Okay. (laughs) With that, we're going to move on to the hedonism part of the show. And we always start off hedonism with food because food is like, necessary for life and it's also fantastic okay so cheryl's gonna jump in here and tell us about the thing she made last week
0: yeah so we were in st louis a few weeks ago and came home with a crave case of white castle burgers mostly because i really wanted to try this recipe um we did order our burgers with extra onions though no pickles because that's how we do it um and yeah we actually wanted extra onion in this recipe as well if you don't have access to a white castle you can buy white castle burgers in most grocery store freezer cases and in that case you just need to saute some extra chopped onion so anyway on to the recipe which is for white castle turkey stuffing yeah i know sounds weird but it was actually (laughs) really good good. yeah (laughs) yeah And for this, you need 10 to 12 White Castle sliders with no pickles, one and a half cups of celery diced, one and a quarter teaspoons of thyme ground, and one and a half teaspoons of sage ground, uh, some coarsely ground black pepper, and some chicken broth, um, which will depend on how much you need, will depend on how you're using it. Um, Tear your sliders into pieces, add your celery and seasonings, um... Dump in your chicken broth um, and bake this either in your turkey or in a casserole dish and serve. Um, 10 to 12 sliders makes about 9 cups of stuffing. um, Or you can allow one slider for each pound of turkey, which will be equal to about 3 quarters of a cup of stuffing per pound. I, in my recipe, because I I did this on a quick whim and didn't want to go to the grocery store, I actually used some dried celery. Could Russ tell that? No. No. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so it, it actually, I thought came out really good. I actually thought so. it came out
2: really good too. And considering, you know, the White Castle has that sort of, um, stuffing consistency naturally, you can kind of see why they thought it might be good to, as an actual stuffing. Right. But you get that little bit of uh, that little bit of sautéed onion and the beef, and of course the, the soggy bread, because that's why they're called sliders in right. the first place. And you mix all that with the seasonings. And since you're basically just talking about bread, a little beef, you know, a little additional meat, and the uh, the seasonings that you would normally associate with a turkey stuffing, it actually comes out really, really good. Yeah. So,
0: and it was it was super quick to mix up. It took me, yeah, you know, five minutes to. Just, hey, rip up the sliders into, you know, decent-sized, bite-sized pieces and throw everything in a bowl and stir it
2: up, so... Yeah, you did the uh, casserole dish variety.
0: Yeah, I did the casserole casserole dish variety because I fixed chicken for dinner that night, so...
2: Yep, I, uh, I would have eaten just the stuffing. Honestly, it was pretty good.
0: Yeah, it was. I, you know, a friend had had said that her daughter makes it every year for Christmas and that she you know my friend has been raised on oyster stuffing so she's like nah considering oyster stuffing it's pretty bland but it's still okay so and russ is yeah. a huge fan of oyster
2: stuffing so i'm a huge fan of just stuffing so yeah, does, well, yeah so. <clears throat> but yeah it was good so and like you know like she said it is available in your grocer's freezer case and they they heat up just fine you know you don't even have to worry about Heating them in normal ways, you just nuke them and they come out perfectly fine.
0: So yeah, whatever.
1: Well,
2: they do.
0: I'm, I'm not a big <laughs> fan of leftover white castles, but you are, so it, it,
2: because they're exactly the same as not leftover white castles. <laughs>
0: you microwave everything; you're fine with everything, boy uh, Yeah, not everything. So
2: all right. So anyway, give that a try for this Thanksgiving, and you know, if you want people to look at you weird, there you go.
0: Well, no, just don't tell anybody, and then after <laughs> dinner's done, go. By the way. Those right. were White Castle burgers, stuffing. Yeah. I so. guess
2: you could do that. Yep. yep. So, All right. So I'm going to talk about my drink corner. And tonight I don't have a scotch or a bourbon. I have an Irish whiskey. I bought a bottle of Red Breast 12 cask strength, which has been kind of hard to come by in this area. So I saw it over the weekend and had to pick up a bottle. Uh, the description on this from Redbreast is made from a mash of malted and unmalted barley and then triple distilled in copper pot stills. Redbreast Be- Red 12 boasts the flavor complexity and distinctive qualities of pot still whiskey, matured in a combination of bourbon-seasoned American oak barrels and Oloroso sherry-seasoned Spanish oak butts. The distinctive Redbreast sherry style is a joy to behold in each and every bottle. The cask strength expression gives a glimpse of Red Bread 12 in its natural, full-flavored taste. Uh, this is batch I-18, whatever that it's is. the international batch? I don't know. It's just I-18. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, with, with a lot of um, things that are distilled at cask strength, the batches are usually based on the cask itself. Uh, that just happens to be the batch that I picked up. And so every batch is going to be a little bit different, including proof and taste. But Irish whiskey, especially pot-distilled Irish whiskey, has some pretty standard flavor profiles, which are very different from bourbon profiles. But this is widely regarded as one of the better Irish whiskies out there. And the mash bill on it is half barley and half malted barley. So pretty simple mash bill. The ABV on this particular batch is 56.2%. That's 112.4 proof. It is cask strength after all. Um, This used to be distilled back in the day in Dublin, and now it's distilled in Cork at the Middleton Distillery. Um, The color on it, uh, because it's an Irish, and you can see this in most Irish whiskeys, they're much lighter than bourbons and things like that, although they're about the same color as a lot of scotch. Uh, this is definitely on the lighter side, a nice light golden honey. It's actually a really nice color, even though it's sort of lightish. Um, and it is a 12 year, so it's been in barrels for 12 years, at least. Uh, the nose on, the nose on all Irish whiskeys tends toward the sweet. Irish whiskey definitely tends to be sweet, and this one is no exception, but it has a lot to give on the nose. Um, lots of sweet fruits, including oranges. Uh, red skinned apples like fuji apples or red delicious um honeysuckle definitely dried apricots or you might think nectarine because there's like any of those sort of in between apricotty nectarine orangey flavors lots of that like a dark berry jam or a berry compote is definitely in here and even a tiny little hint of toasted almond with that sort of light nutty cherry thing going on as well, it's lots of fruit, tons of fruit, and the taste is a lot of that as well. If you take a little bit of the barrel tannin and mix it in with all those fruits, you get the taste. It's like baked cherries, uh, honey, vanilla, plum, an additional dark fruit, a little bit of spiciness, a little bit of tang from from the oak, and some of the sweetness from the sherry. It's it definitely begs sweetness, lots of it. So you might want to think of this as uh something to to drink with something bold and spicy or as a as a dessert kind of thing. Um as I think a lot of Irish whiskey is probably used because it's definitely towards the sweeter side. And the finish loses some of the complexity, but it takes it takes the barrels and some like baking spice like a little cinnamon, a little almond and mixes that with the fruits to give you a sort of cooked or stewed fruit combination with the spice and the barrel and that's what lingers over your tongue until the taste is gone. So, you know what? It's it's pretty darn good. I mean, there's no there's no two ways about it. Unfortunately, the cask strength version of the 12 is a little hard to find, the regular is easier. It's not quite as complex or as interesting, but if you can't find the cast strength, certainly pick up the regular one. The cast strength bottle runs about 75 bucks, so it's not super cheap either. So you'll have to keep that in mind. But as far as rating this, I'm going to give it um, an easy 90. It's, it's good. It's good stuff. Um, I would probably knocked it down maybe one point because of, of being on the expensive side. So, you can think of it as uh, if it were $10 cheaper, it would be a 91, maybe 92. But at the price point, I'm going to give it a 90. And that is Red Breast 12 year past strength Irish whiskey. And Bill just dumped in a beer. So, he's going to talk about yeah. beer. All right. Absolutely. Cool. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and it's an IPA. Imagine that. Oh sure. my God! I was going to do the obsidian stout from them, but because uh, I, I did have that too uh this is from deschutes brewery and it's uh one of their new ipas it's called hand up ipa of course deschutes is out of bend oregon and it's uh, i believe it's pretty wild, widely available everywhere <laughs> we have deschutes here yeah exactly it's it's everywhere so uh yeah this is 6.5 percent uh alcohol content 65 ibu so not too bad uh, Brewer notes it's a hoppy trackside hand-up IPA to keep cranking across the citrusy fields of floral hop flavor and tropical aromas to a crisp, dry finish. Yeah, it's 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 um it's very uh, grapefruity. Definitely. Definitely citrusy. <laughs> <laughs> and it tastes good, too. So uh, this is, what else do they say here? It's their new mainline IPA is here. A hand-up IPA, an American-style IPA with uh, aroma and flavor driven by citrus, tropical, and grassy hops. Notes with a light malt character with a crisp, dry finish. With our Northwest Roots, cyclocross has been a big part of our culture for many years. We chose to name this beer Hand Up because of our PNW Roots and cyclocross affiliation. The beer label plays homage to uh, Deschutes Brewery's co-owner, Colby, our cyclocross team captain who left the earth too soon in 2018. And it's a cool uh, little art drawing of a cyclocross racer coming up on a, uh, a, a solo cup of uh, probably beer let's just say it's beer instead of water (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah it's 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 quite tasty i i I thought it was weird at first but then uh then it got to me it was it was pretty good
2: (laughs) of course as any ip usually does so yeah yeah it's always kind
3: of like i don't know if i like it it's it's kind of has like a sweeter taste to it too so it's a little
2: little weird but um
3: but it tastes good yeah all right
2: very good so We've talked about hedonism, and unfortunately, we don't have a music selection for tonight, so we're just going to go ahead and wrap things up on this, the most terrific amateur radio podcast on the internet. We'd like to mention the folks who are here with us when we were recording. We had Crazy Radio Guy, Dave KC3LZY. We're not going to say what his last name is because... We're tired of pronouncing it. Um, <laughs> also, we have Don, Casey, 9ZMY, and Steve, kd 0IJP. So thanks, everybody, for listening, and thanks, everybody, who listens after the fact when this gets released in podcast form. We appreciate you, and we hope you will tune in next Monday for our deep dive episode. So with that, let's go ahead and wrap up episode number 312 of Linux in the Hamshack. I'm Russ, K5TUX.
3: I'm
0: Sherlock, W5MOO.
3: And I'm Bill and E4RD seventy-three.
1: Thank you for listening to this episode of Linux in the Hampshire. LHS is a community-sponsored podcast. The live show is recorded every Monday night at 8 p.m. Central Time, plus or minus QRL. Connect to the live stream at LHS lhslive Our website is located at lhspodcast.info. You can support the podcast by visiting the LHS Patreon page at patreon.com-lhspodcast or by using the Contribute link on the homepage. Get in touch via social media. We have a presence on Discord, Facebook, IRC, Twitter, and YouTube. Our IRC channel is Podcast on the Freeload Network, and the Discord invite link is url.bcts.info-discord. You can also drop us an email at